Christmas is almost here. Are you ready? <laughs> Some of us are like, yeah. Parents are probably like, no, I got a lot of presents to wrap still. So I, I'm excited. I can't wait uh, for Christmas to be here. My kids can't wait. I'm excited to celebrate. So in, in the ancient tradition, Christmas uh, is actually called the Feast of the Nativity. The Feast of the Nativity. And nativity just means birth. So it's the Feast of the Birth of Jesus. And I really like that phrase a lot. And it, it's kind of got a double entendre to it. It has these two layers of meaning. It's a feast in the sense of a celebration, right? It's a party. It's festive. Um, this is what we do with family and friends and with the lights and the Christmas trees and the gifts. That's the celebration part of this feast. But it's also something more as well. I think Christmas is this feast of spiritual meaning and depth that's offered to us. It's got this depth and weight to it that is rich and it's life transforming if we let it in. I think it's world altering if we let it in and we're invited to just take in this, this spiritual feast that is Christmas and, and let it digest in us and integrate into the center of our being. It's really food for our souls that are hungry. And so my prayer this morning for us is that we might feast and we might imbibe and gorge fully on this spiritual wisdom of this old story of birth and life and struggle and tension. And my hope and my invitation for you is to, to, to take Christmas off the mantle, take that nativity off the mantle, because that's where I think we like to keep this thing. Take it off and allow this story to weave into every fiber of your being through the ways that you live and the ways that you love and the ways that you connect with others. Christmas isn't just something we're supposed to remember. It's something that we're invited to live. So I would like to invite Jack to the front. And as Jack's coming up, I'd like to invite you to stand as you're able to hear again this Christmas story. This morning's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, him, around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. 
you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and got into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. While they saw this, they made known what had been told about them, this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard, all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. What a good story. So the story, it starts in an interesting place. It starts with this decree from the emperor. And, and this really sets up this tension that we inhabit. Uh, it's the tension between the world and humanity and the things of the world and, and the way things tend to be and God and the spirit and the way that Jesus shows us. We have this tension between world and God, and we're always standing at this crossroads. And I think in the current moment, we feel this really acutely. There's so much tension in the world. And so Augustus, the Caesar, he's the embodiment. He's the fullness of the world as it is. 2,000 years ago, and he sends out this decree that all the world should be counted and registered. And there's a couple things going on here. First, the, the emperor counts and registers for a particular reason. He does it in order to tax the people, to control the people, and to maintain power. And, and that's the way that the world tends to count in order to collect things and hold on to things and secure things, to have power and be in charge. That's how we do our arithmetic. But the thing is, when God comes into the story, the math starts to change a little bit. Jesus counts things, not the people, but Jesus counts things like loaves and fishes in order not to keep them for himself, but to break them up and share them and give them away in order that others might eat and live and be sustained. So I think Christmas is an invitation to feast on generosity in a world of scarcity. Like, what if we counted so that we might be able to give away more, to be more charitable, to show more love, to give more of ourselves? What if our counting was all oriented toward that? I think that's what Christmas is inviting us into. And then the other thing that's going on here is there's this reaching beyond limits by the emperor. The decree says that the emperor wants to register the whole world. The emperor wants everything in order to be in control of it all. And I think, isn't this like our deepest inclination to be in control of life, to hold on to our lives tightly. But the reality is, I think so much of life is out of our control because it's in God's 
hands and God's control. I think the grasping after and searching for these mechanisms of control leaves us feeling anxious and exhausted and troubled. But the way of Jesus says, hey, there's another way that you can head. There's another direction to go. Jesus says this. He says, those who grasp after life and try to hold it tightly will lose it. And those who give up control in order to be near Jesus and the things of Jesus and the people of Jesus, those people find life. It's in giving it up. It's in letting go. The old songwriters that Jesus listened to, they were called the psalmists. They put it this way. They sang it this way. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. The world and those who live in it. It's all in God's hands. It's being held in God's hands. So Christmas invites us to feast on this reality that we don't have to hold on, that we don't have to be in control because God is in control. It's in God's hands. It doesn't all have to be in our hands. And we can actually feast on embracing that we've received grace for today. We can feast on knowing that though the world seemed crazy out there, a child is still born. The Christ child is still born. So in the story, under the power plays of emperors and politics that we start with, Christmas points to another thing that's happening. There's another story that's unfolding on the margins of things in the unexpected place and with these unlikely people. We got Mary and Joseph. They are the most ordinary people in the world. I I know the tradition. We've kind of raised them up, but they are regular people. And uh, they show up to this small, unremarkable town called Bethlehem where they have this ordinary baby that they wrap in bands of cloth and they put in a manger. So they just keep this baby warm, put this baby in the manger. And there's something happening here as well. Bethlehem in the Hebrew means this. It means house of bread. House of bread. That's where Jesus is born. So Jesus is born in, in the city of the house of bread and, and in a manger. And a manger is where the animals come to eat. So the one that is born in the house of bread in the place where the animals eat is the one who also says later in life, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Christmas means that with Jesus we have enough. And here is the one lying in the feeding trough who will give his life and body as food for his followers and for the whole world. The reality is with Jesus we are sustained. We have enough. And and here in the manger is the one who feeds the hungry and invites the poor to his table because with Jesus, everyone gets welcomed to the table. Christmas is an invitation to feast on Jesus and on the things of Jesus and the way of Jesus in order that we might become bread for the world, saying to the world, the church is the community that says to the world, you are enough You are sustained, you are loved, you are welcomed here. That is the message of the church because it's the message that we've been given by God and it's the message that we receive on Christmas. You are enough, 
You are sustained. You are welcome here. And so this message, this gospel message, the first to hear this message and this news about Christmas are the shepherds. That's important. It's not the kings or the politicians or the gurus or the experts. It's the unschooled and the unauthorized. And the news is told first at the bottom, down low, down below. And the truth is, the reality is, it's very hard for us to hear the gospel if we're not spending time with those who are lost and lonely, with the poor and the hurting and the excluded and the left out. That's where the gospel story starts among this community and these folk. In the 60s, the great American saint, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., started this movement called the Poor People's Campaign. I think he was just drawing on the Christmas story. I think Christmas is the original Poor People's Campaign. Jesus starts his ministry by unrolling the scroll of the poet Isaiah and says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That's the first thing Jesus says when he becomes an adult. And Jesus was poor. Jesus was poor. Jesus was unhoused, homeless. He says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus hung out with the poor. That is a truth of Christmas. Jesus also hung out with the rich. Jesus hung out with the religious folk and with the totally irreverent folk. Jesus hung out with everybody in between. So Christmas is an invitation to feast with everyone, to listen for the Spirit of God everywhere, to love those that God loves. Christmas invites us to love those that God loves. And you know who God loves? God loves everyone. God loves everyone. And that's really the meaning of Christmas, that God loves everything and everyone. And, and here's the important point. I think this is actually why we keep our nativities on the shelf instead of in our lives and in the world. Because the reality is there's people that we don't want to love, that we don't want to have to love. We might sit across from some of them uh, this Christmas at, at our tables, right? Family can be some of the most difficult people to love. We have people that we would rather ignore and stay away from. Love is the most beautiful thing about faith, but if we're honest with it and we take love seriously and love how God loves everything and everyone, it's also the most difficult thing about faith because it wants all of us and it wants everyone. So my invitation to you this morning and, and my prayer for us is, is that we might feast on this love of Christmas and just consume it all and do that in order that we might give it away to everyone. So this Christmas, may your love burn brightly and may it extend to the whole world, friends and enemies. This is Christmas. Let us live into this light each day. Please pray with me. God, we thank you for this Christmas story that you are doing things in unexpected places with unlikely people, that you come to love, that you send your son into the world to be love that sustains us, that says we are enough and that welcomes us, God. Let us be people that are open to this love 
each and every day, and especially as we welcome Christmas in the coming days. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.